Hey everybody, I'm here again in the hosting chair with my boy Alex over here. We're going to talk about Pokemon and Nuzlocke, and that's all we're doing for an hour and a half. Welcome to Respawn Aim Fire, the Kick-Ass Reverend Gaming Podcast from Apple Idiots. I'm one of your hosts, Adam. He loves Nuzlocke Gumby, and I have with me Alex. Give yourself a middle name, Cozina. There is so much energy that's bursting forth at the moment. Literally, energy is bursting out of my head. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. We need to talk about stuff. We are excited. It was a fun show, a good day. I do have a question for you, though, because you've been doing... Uh, I am not part Narwhal. That is not no. what I've become anymore. This is just a, a temporarily light fixture, or maybe a permanent light fixture that I'll have to position myself around. I'm definitely not part Narwhal. Okay. Making sure. Not Narwhal. You get... don't, 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 don't even imply it. Yep. Not part That's why you gotta watch the video. Uh, I will ask you, right? So you've been doing your Nuzlocke thing, and I've been watching it. I have. And... Is there a because the way the games you play aren't like the official Pokemon games, right? Aren't they like PC modded versions to be Nuzlocke? Or am I explain that to me? And what is the best I version to play been, as well? That's my main question. I have been playing a version of Leaf Green mm -hmm. uh, that is uh, playable uh, via a program called MGBA. It is. Uh, an unedited ROM of the game. There's no hacks, there's no speedups, there's no randomizers. It's not an officially uh, sanctioned product uh, on the part of Nintendo, um, but there is nothing that has been particularly added to the game that modifies it beyond the experience you could have played on your GBA player back in the day. Gotcha, because I knew it was always an emulator, but I never knew if it was different in any way. So that's interesting to know. Not not this version. When I played uh, Emerald Cross, uh, Emerald Cross was a, uh, a a ROM hack of the original version of Emerald that added in like a bunch of like quality of life features and improvements. What I'm playing of Leaf Green right now is just the same game. Just Leaf Green. Gotcha. Cool. Uh, you can catch us live on twitch.tv slash Affleidia Sunday evenings at 8.30. YouTube and podcast services Tuesdays at 9 a.m. If Chad gets it up in time, you bitch. I'm just kidding, chats on here. Upcoming on today's show, we have too many showcases, too many to talk about. I mean, we're going to do it, but there's a lot. PlayStation makes a hardware decision, dot, dot, dot. Um, but for our main quest, I love this. You mentioned it before. What up, Smitty, by the way? Adam, the hair looks dope. Yeah, I did dye my dye my tips. Everybody watch the video. Looks pretty, pretty sweet. Uh, I'm just talking about myself at this point. Very vain. But <laughs> we were talking about this before, how... Like, a lot of our stories this week are, like, things that happened late last week. It's like, cool, we got time to digest it, da-da-da-da. And then this this story happened in the last 24 hours and has been a big deal and just has, has can't stop, won't stop. Uh, but first up, we're going to pop GTA 6 has a massive leak. Ooh, Jason Finelli oh boy. at GameSpot. Yeah, the big one. It's out there. Everyone go check it out. Um, so... A massive trove of GTA 6 assets, including pre-alpha footage and multiple screenshots, were released to public forums early Sunday morning. The assets were reportedly taken from Rockstar servers by a single hacker, excuse me, single hacker, calling themselves <laughs> Teapot Tube Hacker. I, if I was ever a hacker, I want to give myself a dumb name as well, uh, who also claims to have GTA 5 uh, and 6 source code I think, assets. I think it's supposed to be pronounced Teapot uber hacker because oh. prior to this hack he hacked uber oh so it's calling back to that see my teapot tube hacker is also cool but that makes way more yeah. sense teapot uber hacker 
Look at that. All right. Well, this guy's putting in work. Uh, but he has GTA 5 and uh, 6 source code as well as a GTA 6 test build. Um, the videos include footage of a... So, we talked about this before. Spoilers, not spoilers. We kind of knew, knew what the game was going to be about. So, there's very little bit. They're just talking about what's in the clip. If you think it's going to be spoilers, fast forward, you know, 30 seconds, whatever. Uh, the video includes, includes footage of a female protagonist walking through a strip club. Um, as well as a male character shooting what looks like to be an AK-47 and get passing police cars. In another video, both characters are shown working together as they rob a diner. Uh, after news spread uh, throughout social media, the hacker updated the original post, directing any employees of Rockstar or Tate2 Interactive to contact them via email as they were quote-unquote looking to negotiate a deal, which is nefarious uh, to say the least. So, you've, you've, I think you've seen more than I have because I've only seen the diner video. I have seen a few more clips beyond the diner, but not a whole lot. Like, here's the thing, Grand Theft Auto, not a series that I personally have really ever connected with on a deep level. Obviously, I have a lot of respect for it for starting the open world sandbox genre as we know it. Um, but when this leak came about, I kind of decided very quickly early on, cool, if I see somebody sharing a cool clip or cool screenshot on Twitter, I'll check it out, but I'm not going to actively seek out this stuff, e even knowing that, you know, it very well could be that a few days from now, this stuff will all be just wiped from the face of the internet, except for like the, you know, super deep, dark corners of the internet where it'll never truly be wiped from. So yeah, I've, I've really not seen that much more uh, than you've seen, but honestly, like, Outside of the like diner hostage hostage uh, situation clip that you were referencing earlier, it's not like there's like a ton more like revelations and secrets out there to be found in a lot of the other footage that's currently available. It, all this stuff is, you know, it's still in a very kind of early state because presumably it was taken from a very early build of the game, and there's not a whole lot to be inferred from it outside of. The fact that it is, you know, undoubtedly the next step forward for the series after GTA V, it's definitely not like some weird, crazy, elaborate, uh, like hack of GTA V crazy mod of it. And yeah, we we have now confirmation of a couple of things that had previously been rumored, like it being this Bonnie and Clyde situation and taking place in the Grand Theft Auto series version of Miami, which is Vice City. But outside of that, yeah, I saw some more videos, but I didn't feel like it, it's not like each subsequent video brought a massive like deep revelation and widening into my understanding of what this game was going to be it was just more in development footage yeah my thing is it it's wild first of all you know hackers can do whatever they want apparently but it's where it's the rhetoric and people going back and forth it's like I, you know first of all it's very early so anyone who's like it doesn't look good well yeah it's not coming out for three years you know like I, I, that's a dumb thing i saw a great uh meme it was like just like whenever the foundation of your house and you have up like 30 boards for like the outline, they're like, house didn't, doesn't look very good. So yeah, it's not done. Idiot. Come on, let's get together. Um, and then just the idea of someone stealing this kind of information and now like, what does that team have to do to make up for it? Or if they could change things? And I don't know, man. I think leaks, this guy, I will see because Tay 2 doesn't seem like uh, they're going to take well to getting threats. It seems like a company that will not negotiate um i don't know man it sucks if you were didn't want to see anything sucks for the people that it affects but also it's a corporation at the end of the day and i don't have a lot of love for corporations so eh, i don't know where i'm at on the whole leak thing what's funny is i've been reading into this hacker and i really don't know 
what his game is because and i'm assuming they're gender i truly don't know whether it is a he or a she but um apparently like you know when people typically envision hacking they think of like you know neo from the matrix seeing through the code of the world around them they think of people just typing furiously on computers apparently this guy might have gotten a hold of a lot of uh this footage and information by like spamming two-factor authentication requests on the company's slack mm. like like he did some like weird loophole work around like that to get into and apparently not even something all that much more complicated than that which definitely something that should be looked into for the future if you can break in that easily um but the other thing too is you know he's demanding a ransom for yeah um the source codes of GTA 5 and GTA 6 and presumably other stuff that he's currently still withholding. Before he posted that, he like seemingly apparently went to sleep after posting this stuff on the GTA forums. And when he woke up, was like, oh man, I wasn't expecting this stuff to blow up. I've gotten so many requests to talk with me. And it's like, you really didn't expect this stuff to blow up? Like, you didn't expect that leaking the sequel to the biggest game of all time, presumably years before it was ever set to come out, even before this leak, was not going to cause a massive shitstorm on the internet. I think that this guy, let's just say, I don't think that this guy is playing with a full hand of cards uh, in terms of his kind of strategic acumens in this situation let me put it that way or feigning innocence is like i know this is a criminal act but i didn't know it was going to be a big deal i mean i'm not an idiot uh but yeah so everyone watch the internet if you don't want to see anything you know i will say i hope that game comes out good probably will we'll see in a couple of years i hope this doesn't affect too many people or development too much but uh i think that's yeah. really it i guess we'll move on to playtime because we got a lot coming up a lot of showcase stuff, so we get through this. Uh, I'll go with you first, because you've been talking about a couple of these things for a little while. Yeah, so last time that I was on Respawning Fire, I talked about my time with Super Mario Odyssey and how I was enjoying it a lot, but wasn't totally loving it on account of how frequently uh, the game doled out moons to you. Uh, I finally beat the game, and I will say the game did definitely get demonstrably better the further I got into it. I felt like getting each individual moon uh, became a little bit more of a challenge and I definitely appreciated that. I thought that the uh, final world of the main story campaign was uh, very satisfying, especially the kind of final few moments and surprises that occurred at the end of it. I was a little disappointed that, uh, of course, Bowsette didn't actually show up. Um, but Overall, I uh, walked away very satisfied. Still probably not my uh, favorite of the mainline 3D Mario games, but I still have literally hundreds of moons yet to collect. I don't know that I'm going to go and try to get my hands on all 880 of them, uh, but I will definitely delve a little bit more deeply into the game than I've been diving thus far and see if my opinion of it kind of improves over time. Uh, and yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, what else? Oh yeah, I also 
have been playing a little bit of Splatoon 3. Mm. Uh, not initially a game I was planning on getting at launch, but I had a group of friends that were like, hey, we really want to play Splatoon 3. If you want to play Splatoon 3 with us, by all means, get in on it. Uh, and so I got my hands on that. My history with the Splatoon franchise is previously I played Splatoon 1 on the Wii U because I you know, wanted to do my best as a loyal Nintendo fan to support the Wii U back in the day. Had fun with its multiplayer component, had fun with its single-player component, but didn't walk away super in love with the series. Uh, skipped Splatoon 2 when it came out at the beginning of the Switch, uh, and so I am coming back to the series after a kind of long hiatus. And I gotta say, a little bit overwhelming, uh, mm -hmm. considering just how many weapons, how many abilities, how many knickknacks and doodads you can kind of customize now that previously were not present in Splatoon 1 or were present in Splatoon 1 and I've just uh, forgot about. Um, but overall, I actually had a lot of fun uh, with its multiplayer, but I definitely am not the best player out there. I still need to continue to level up and get my hands on more weapons because I can tell this is going to be one of those games where eventually you just need to kind of find uh, your specific weapon that kind of speaks to you the most uh, and kind of stick with that and get good at that. And that until then, there is going to be a little bit of a uh, intermediary period where you're just sort of like swapping through weapons, trying to find the kind of Goldilocks weapon that works best for you. So far, I've had a lot of success uh, with the paintbrush weapon. I know it has an in-game name that... Uh, I'm forgetting at the moment, but that using that weapon has been a real treat. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. Do you? Uh, what exactly is your experience with Splatoon? Didn't like it. I played like it. it. I yeah. played it on Wii U. I was like, this is all right, but I was like, you know, it, there wasn't really mm -hmm. a lot of staying power. People didn't really stay with it much on Wii U. And then I did not want to get two because I'm like, that's the same game with one more map. I'm not spending sixty dollars for that. Uh, so I'm not really a, a Splatoon person, uh, but if I was like you and had a group of people, when you have a group of friends, everything can be a little bit better. So, uh, oh yeah, that for would, sure, might have changed things instead of trying to play it by myself on the Wii U, which was not a good time. <laughs> and, and on the subject of playing it together with friends, I was kind of shocked by how well things went in terms of online connectivity. Nintendo games have a reputation for having piss poor online options and matchmaking and whatnot. Everything went surprisingly smoothly when we played Splatoon 3 together, um, which is, it, it kind of took me a little bit aback because I saw some articles floating online about how apparently the online in the game wasn't very good. I saw one Kotaku article, which was like, oh man, this is unacceptable. So I guess I, I either just got lucky or it's a little bit all over the place. I, in either case, that part of it worked out really well. Uh, and last game that I played, uh, I just snuck this in over on the weekend. Platybird. You heard of Platybird? I have heard of it. It's one of those, huh? <laughs> it's one of those. It's actually Platybird 1 because they also released Platybird 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. I'll get around to the other five at some point. I was thinking, you know, Extra Life is coming up later on this year. And I was thinking it would be fun. Prior Extra Lives, I've done like kind of a a cornucopia of different games. I'll be like, all right, hour one, I'll play Tomb Raider. Hour two, I'll play Pokemon. Hour three, I'll play God of War. Maybe this time around, I'll do something where I'll be like, oh man, can I platinum like 50 of these like really crappy, super quick platinum games over the span of like 12 hours? Oh, that'd be cool. I, I, I have to, I still have to kind of workshop the idea, but I think that there is a seed of something really cool there, but TBD on that. And yeah, that's pretty much all I've been up to as of recent. Very cool. I will ask one quick question about Odyssey. 
was New Donk City what you wanted it to be? New Donk City was pretty good. I um in retrospect, I do kind of regret the fact that I spent so much of that early game kind of in anguish at the fact that New Donk City wasn't, you know, provided to me quite so right away. Um I think that if I had known in advance that that uh, world was only going to show up like 60% or so of the way through the game, I would have enjoyed and savored those early worlds uh, a little bit more. Uh, Regardless, I did enjoy it. I think it's arguably, I don't want to go ahead and say that it's the best world in the game because I know that I still have some additional secrets yet to unlock, but it definitely is up there uh, among the best worlds in that game. I had a lot of fun there. Very cool to hear. I like that. That music's really good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's real catchy. Uh, for me, so I played something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. Maybe that. Does that fit in? I can make it fit in. So for, I'm going to start with the old things first. I think that's what people say when they're getting married, right? Uh, so first for me, I played a little bit of Mafia 3 because I was just in an open world mood. And I was like, I haven't finished this game. I love the story. love the characters. Let me just go back and mess around with it. Play a little Mafia 3, run around shooting people in New Orleans in the 60s. Good time. Uh, the next, I played a little Shadow of War. Because let me tell you, I finally sat down and watched Rings of Power. And I am mm. all in on Lord of the Rings again, man. I watched The Hobbit. That's how much I wanted Lord of the Rings stuff. I, w- I went through those movies again. All three of them. Uh, yeah, I'm in the middle of the third one. The third one's where it really goes down. I like the first one. Mm. I think the first I, one I like was the good. first. I have only seen the first one, and I walked out of the theater finding it perfectly acceptable and yes, fine. I like it. It's fun. I like the cast. It's a fun time. Two has parts that I really like um, that I think are really good. The rest of it's like, yeah, it's, especially I watched the extended edition for the first time. Like, well, this doesn't need an extended edition. Whatever. And then the third one, I do not love. But uh, again, I just mm-hmm. want so much Lord of the Rings, it doesn't matter. Uh, so yeah, playing Shadow of War started over at the beginning uh, with a new game plus kind of a thing and just had a great time. Love the Nemesis system. I'm hoping that Wonder Woman game has it because what a good system that literally two games used. Well, I guess three games used in history. Um, so that was fun. But the new stuff that I played up here, what did I, good Lord, what did I do here? Okay, first up, play a little game called Metal Hellsinger. Ooh. And Metal Hellsinger, for those who don't know, is a rhythm-based shooter game. Think of Doom 2016, except for a bunch of metal dudes like made the entire soundtrack to it. Um, so basically, it's like a combo. Like you go in an arena, you shoot to the rhythm. Like you get like good, perfect. Uh, you know, we've all played rhythm games before, Guitar Hero and such. And you have to shoot to the rhythm like every time there's a beat, um, and it brings your score up and when you get max score is when the vocals come in so then you've got all the instruments going you've got this dude screaming and you're running around killing demons um and all the different weapons have different timing and all that stuff i really like that game i think it's a really cool really cool idea i think they've nailed the music and the that whole rhythm part of it um so i'm enjoying it i'm gonna keep going i've only beat two levels of it um but i think it's a really good idea i really like that i think that's very unique and very different and no one has done anything that way but again just think of i'm playing doom as a demon but i have to go to metal music it's mm. cool i think it's a solid everyone should, especially because it was on game pass too so i can never complain about not having to pay for a video game and then the last thing that i played played it today and the minute i started playing it i was like oh yes this is one of those games that is an indie game that'll be on the game of the year list and you can't tell anyone about it because it'll ruin it for everybody uh 
basically last year i was t- telling chad constantly like hey play inscription but don't look anything up about inscription because it's really really good and then it took him a year and a half but he finally played it and, he, and chad loves inscription now right uh the game that i played was immortality which is sam oh. barlow's no video game where oh you have so the thing there was an actress who made three movies that were never put out and you're looking through her lost movies um and then every time and like it's wild how they do this it's crazy like you watch the like watch a clip and then every you can stop at any point and click on anything in the environment and it'll take you another random clip and it, it's wild how it really does it i do not know how they did it like literally everything takes you to another clip and you're basically just trying to get the story together of what happened to this woman what happened with these movies and there's other twists maybe in the game that fucking blew my mind and i will just say it reminds me of playing inscription be like oh shit this is what's going on all right yeah immortality is fucking great um you have to play it with a controller no spoilers but you have to play with a controller and it's very good i've never played her story and i never played telling lies i always wanted to i just never I, had a chance and this yeah, game I played, does it for me yeah i played telling lies uh but i did not play her story i thought telling lies was very enjoyable it that game also had twists of its own but there wasn't any seemingly supernatural element to it so it was more of like discovering the kind of like heartbreak of the relationships between these characters kind of breaking down and you know where they ultimately sadly kind of ended up Mm. if this game does seem to be leaning a little bit more into the kind of supernatural macabre i'm definitely into it i want to focus a little bit right now on splatoon 3 but i'm definitely going to get to this at some point you know what's crazy alex i'm not even going to say that there's like a supernatural element behind it because there is just watch the clips and figure out what happened to her and then i don't know maybe there's also something else on top of that like i listened to uh uh, which McElroy is it? There's so many McElroy brothers. I can't remember. They were talking about it. And one of them had like, oh, yeah, I played the game and all this happened. The other one's like, what are you talking about? I never saw. He had beaten the entire game and never Ooh. saw the second part of the game because he doesn't play it with a controller. I'm telling you that. Actually, tells you. that's a good point. And I don't I, I've like listened to a few kind of previews and reviews of this game. And I actually never saw this answered. Is there a limit? Uh, a time limit to how many clips you can go over? Because there was one in telling lies. Uh, and then at that point, you had to like submit the amount of footage you had found and finish the game. And then afterwards, you could kind of come back and look over things. But like, it was uh, it was kind of a little bit kind of cumbersome. And I'm just curious if that's the same thing here. Nothing has been presented to me saying I have a time limit. It's literally, I okay. think you're just, they play it as like, hey, you're a fan of this lady who never, her movies never came out. And they're like, uh, I forgot what they call it. Like those old machines they use for film where you'd hit the pedals and it would fast forward or or go backwards they're like you're on one of those so just enjoy it and try to look through her stuff but it, there's mm-hmm. no like hey you got to solve the mystery in f- 45 minutes for the world and no there's it's just like mm-hmm. hey here's all her stuff everything she's ever done interviews everything compiled into there's rehearsal tests there's interviews it's not just the movies the movies are there too but it's all that stuff and you just you're constantly finding clips and you're putting it together just on your own no one's telling you to do it you're just following the mystery because you want to and there's a couple mysteries you can find that are pretty good Okay. I would play it's Okay. I need to finish it, but it's on my indie game of the year list. I don't know. It might be on the overall game of the year list too. We'll see whenever I finish it if it holds up. But uh it's fucking really good. Really amazing. Immortality, everybody, play it. It's also on Game Pass. And like I said, if you play it, even if you play it on PC, play it with a controller, please. You have to. You literally have to. Uh but moving on. We go on to our quest log. 
And everyone had a showcase, everybody. Let me tell you, everybody this week had one. We're going to start with PlayStation State of Play, motherfuckers. It's from Ryan Dinsdale at IGN.com. Ryan Dinsdale continues to have a bad mouth, but that's fine. I'm not going to be mad at him. All right. So the way we're going to do this, because there's so much, we'll go through it. If you want to think it's interesting, we'll stop. If not, I'm just going to read through it, and we'll go through it, because that's how time works. All right. Tekken 8 officially revealed. A release date wasn't shared both for the game, but the trailer did only mention a PlayStation 5 release for the game. So Tekken 8, big sweaty boys are out there punching people in the rain. Uh, let's see. Upcoming PSVR 2 game, Star Wars Tales from Galaxy's Edge, received a new gameplay trailer showing off a ton of different locations, enemies, and allies in the game. Uh, I will say, I'll stop right here. Thought it was cool. And then I was like, that's a VR game. Never mind. Uh, yeah. I don't know. You know, I want to like, I want to, I want to like VR. I don't know if a Star Wars game based on the theme park is going to be the thing that gets me into it. Uh, there are other games that they look better. Uh, co-op dungeon crawler, uh, survival game Demio is officially coming to PSVR 2. Players can fully immerse themselves in the tabletop-esque world, rolling dice and dishing out cards in VR. Uh, Yakuza, is it Yakuza or Yakuza? Why do I say Yakuza? Uh, it is, uh, Yakuza. I mean, that's like the... As close as I can possibly muster the original Japanese pronunciation of it. I mean, I think just saying Yakuza is fine. Well, we're not going to be saying it pretty soon anyways. Uh, never again. Uh, Yakuza's ah. spinoff game. Ishin. Is Ishin? You, you know Japanese better than I do. I'm really bad uh, at Japanese. Hold on a sec. Let me just pull up the document so I'm right on with you. Uh, Ishin. Ishin is getting re uh, released for the first time outside of Japan in the form of like a dragon Ishin. The game is coming to PS4 and PS5 in February 2023. Uh, again, it's an old uh, Yakuza game that never came over, and now they're bringing it over because everyone loves those games now. Hell Ooh, yeah. There's that. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy is getting exclusive content on PlayStation. State of Play showed off a Hogsmeade-centered quest involving a spooky shop in its cre creepy basement. Yeah, that's what, that's what happened. I really don't know what this game is trying to be. I feel like every single trailer that we've seen of it has shown a very different side to this game's story, to this game's locales, to what you're doing on a minute-to-minute -minute basis. I can't make heads or tails of it, to be honest. I was very confused as well, but then there were like PlayStation exclusive content. Like, oh, so this is one of those packs that takes 20 minutes to beat and has nothing to do with the story, and you get like a cloak that is like not even leveled properly. It doesn't matter. That's my guess, is that this is a dumb thing that someone had to make just to say that, hey, you've got exclusive content. Um, Ironwood Studio, this one I'm interested. Ironwood Studio's first game is officially called Pacific Drive, and will put players behind the wheel as they drive around what appears to be a post-apocalyptic version of the Pacific Northwest. Ah, uh, this was, so, we'll get to it at the end, how I feel overall about this state of play. This hmm. one might have been my second favorite thing I've shown at this show. Uh, I don't know exactly what it is, but it looks like, yeah, spooky, you're driving around the Northwest when things went down, and I'm kind of into it. Yeah, it um so Stalker which is the kind of much delayed game uh from the I forget uh the Ukraine based studio. I forget what they're yeah. called. I know they're in Ukraine. Yeah, I don't remember the name studio. Yeah. This game uh exuded very heavy Stalker vibes in that it's a similar idea of like there's this excluded zone within this sort of remote area of the country in which weird supernatural phenomena are happening and you should 
definitely stay out of this zone, but if you want to stay in this zone, if you want to explore it, potentially there are some fun little treasures that you can reap, but it's very dangerous, and you need to be uh, of the utmost level of carefulness. Yeah, um, Ghostbusters and Chernobyl. <laughs> what it looked like to me. Yeah, which ever, everybody thought. It was like, oh man, this looks like the Ghostbusters video game we all have been wanting. I'm like, that doesn't look like the Ecto-1 at all, but yeah, it could be cool. We'll see. I'm interested. I think they'd be good. Uh, Sin Duality has been announced from Bandai Namco, a third-person shooter featuring mechs. A trailer showed off the game in action alongside a 2023 release window. Uh, Project Eve, the extremely shiny-looking action game shown off last year from Korean studio Shift Up, has reemerged as Stellar Blade. The trailer showed off a mix of gameplay and cinematics, giving players a look at the game's futuristic setting and story. Do I need to stop because it's highlighted? It looked... This game looked quite good, all things considered. I feel like with a lot of these like Japanese action RPGs, unless it's coming from a big uh, prestigious name like Square Enix, Yoko Taro, or Platinum Games, I don't really pay them all that much attention. But this game kind of won me over with its like sheer production values. It actually looks very solid. All right. Um, there's no date on that one from what I remember. No, I don't says. think so. We'll see. That'll be cool. Uh, Neo developer Team Ninja has announced an, uh, an open-world samurai game called Rise of the Ronin, a PS5 console exclusive with a 2024 release window. Uh, this one, I was like, I thought it looked fine, but apparently got the internet hot and bothered. People were all about, they were like, hey, I want to play as a Ronin and you have a gun because I guess it's in like 17th century, 18th century, something like that. Um, Neo developer is always a good thing. Team Ninja does make fun games. We'll see. This game, I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it now because there's only one thing left, which is the big thing, is that this uh, state of play was a lot of, hey, here's a bunch of Japanese developed games where, that honestly, to me, like, kind of lead together. Mm -hmm. um, especially with, T I guess, honestly, with TGS also being this week, it's like, oh, there's a lot of games by Japanese developers where you play it with a sword. Uh, this game, to me, looked very basic. Uh, but I'm like, Neo makes, or uh, Team Ninja makes great games, so I'm sure it'll play great. But the internet, everything I saw, people were very excited for it. Did you care one way or the other? No, I didn't particularly care one way or another. The, the Neo games are a perfect example of like, cool, look great. I trust everyone that says that they're fantastic gameplay experiences, but there are just too many other things to play. And so they are ending up on the back burner of, I'll get to it one day eventually, probably not. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I probably never play Rise of the Ronin. Uh, we'll see. Maybe it'll excite me more. And then this one came out, and I will... Everyone said it, and I will agree, Alex. This might be one of the better trailers I've seen in recent times. Just as far as, like, here's how you pace a trailer, here's how you show a thing off, here's how you get people excited about a thing. I thought the trailer was very good. Very good. Uh, State of Play closed with the trailer for God of War Ragnarok. The shoot off its new gameplay and cinematics alongside a limited edition DualSense controller that will be released alongside the game. And yeah, it's about a three and a half minute trailer, three, 15 seconds, something like that. Um, yeah, just telling us the story, what's going to be happening in this game, some new gameplay stuff. I thought the trailer was a very well done trailer. Oh, yeah. It was a great trailer, and what I loved about it is that we're, you know, seeing a lot of uh, cool, new, cool new locales, cool new... Why is it so difficult for me to say cool today? Cool. I don't know. Cool. 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 <laughs> uh, we're seeing a lot of neat new locales, a lot of neat new locations, uh, a lot of neat new things that we'll be able to do in God of War Ragnarok, but we're still also calling back to Kratos... Uh, <laughs> 
God damn it. Kratos. We're still calling back to Kratos's, you know, past adventures as well. I remember when 2018 uh, was coming out, uh, there was a little bit of apprehension on my part of, you know, is this going to be like a continuation of those past games in name only and for the most part largely ignore them? Or will it feature a lot of content from those old games uh, more than we're expecting to. And thankfully, it was uh, the latter case. And I'm glad that in this trailer, we're seeing a lot of references to those old games as well. I, I really appreciated the, the conversation that what we presume is Odin uh, uh, is having with Kratos. I mean, she's like, you know, what do you know about godhood? Have you ever been loved? Have people ever prayed to you, worshipped you? And like, I just love them you know taking aspects elements of like the original kind of god of war trilogy and kind of like twisting them on their head you know reframing it reshaping it in a new light in that fashion it's so cool yeah and cradle's hanging out with another the norse version of, of a god of war uh mm -hmm. that'll be a fun thing and then yeah the the best line from the trailer death can have me when it earns it when it earns me or whatever he says uh something yeah. about yeah, Death Can Have Me When It Earns Me. Oh, man. Very, very cool trailer. Excited. I also do like how they are... I want to see how it goes. But we already know, because I just recently played God of War 2018, and they make references to... Because you're going through... Again, we, as human beings, know what Ragnarok means, if you care anything mm -hmm. about mythology. You get what's going on. But I do love how in that game, there are hints to you know things that happen in Ragnarok, yada, yada, yada. But they're also like, hey... Time is weird. It kind of has already happened and is happening and will happen all at the same time. So I think mm -hmm. that they're going to be able to do enough weird things and twist that mythology enough to make it keep it interesting and not just be like, oh, well, we know Fenrir does this and that does that and this does that. I think they're going to play with it because it's all already happened and it is already happening. So I think that'll be cool. But yeah, great way to end the show. Um, for me, overall, like I said, I honestly didn't care about most of the announcements just because... It's either games I don't care about or just aesthetics that I don't necessarily like. But God of War looked really, really cool, of course. And then I think Pacific Drive could be something interesting for me. So pretty good overall. God of War did a lot of heavy lifting for me on that one. Uh, any last thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it was, I would say, pretty so so showcased with a really great trailer at the end. Now, not to disrespect anything that kind of came before it, but Sony, you know, uh, put out what I felt they considered to be a pretty, you know, uh, standard and kind of by the numbers presentation. And I'm glad that I was able to kind of connect with a lot of people. Yeah, very cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, if this didn't have got a word at the end, this would have been a probably pretty underwhelming one for everybody. So uh, it does a lot of lifting. Very excited for that game. Nintendo Direct. No cuss words here. It's from Adam Bankhurst at IGN. Now, this one. Um, just a heads up, there was a lot of stuff announced at this. So much that when I nearly when I got to the bottom, I just started picking out stuff that I knew was interesting. So if there's anything that I did not include, you can bring it up. But it's mostly like when they just started naming like remasters for like a game that came out 30 years ago on only in Japan and no one cared. I was like, I'm not gonna put everything in here. But we're gonna go ahead and start at the top. Uh, which was the big one. So I, yes, I did just put it first. Uh, alongside another short glimpse of gameplay, we finally have a release date and name for the sequel to The Breath of the Wild. Uh, on May 12th, 2023, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom will be released on Nintendo Switch. Trailer uh, contained footage of Link exploring Hyrule, both on land and in the sky. Gave us a look that 
gave us a look at a new stasis power and the shattered world that Hyrule looks to have become. It also featured a bunch of skydiving, Link riding uh, aboard a stone bird, and so much more. So there we go. We finally got it. We know what it's called. Um, Your sequel to Breath of the Wild. Still confused. They said, (laughs) we can't tell you the title because it'll spoil it. And I would love to know what is being spoiled in that title. (laughs) I've listened to and read a lot of, you know, thoughts and opinion pieces on this trailer. It it seems like the whole thing about the title being a spoiler was a little bit overblown because it was said by what's his face? The guy at Treehouse who's like been Miyamoto's translator for the past little while. Yeah, I know you're talking about I don't know his name, but yeah. Yeah. Apparently, he was the guy that originally said it, and the way he phrased it originally was like, you know, the the names of these games contain, you know, important information. It wasn't like, oh man, the moment that you hear the title, your mind will burst out of your skull and I'll drip all over to the floor, and your mom will have to mop it up. So they did hold it for a long time, though. Like they didn't need to hold the title for sure. And I am obviously just as intrigued with you as to what exactly it means. Um, but yeah, you're, I don't know how much you, how you feel about Breath of the Wild, but I'm assuming you are interested for this game. Uh, yeah, kind of. Have I ever really talked about my Breath of the Wild experience on this podcast? I don't know if you had, I know me and Chad surprisingly, well, not surprisingly, me and Chad both do not like that video game. I don't, I can't speak for him. I don't think it's bad. I think it's overrated as hell. I think it's like fine and people do backflips and like scream from the clouds and like it, it's fine at best i didn't finish it i didn't enjoy it so me and chad don't love it i don't know how you feel so like you know i was hugely into the nintendo wii back in the day a lot of people really didn't like that console back when it was originally out but i personally was very fond of it the wii u came around and the quality of the games on that console got better than what we got on the wii but all in all, it was just kind of a hard and depressing time to be a Nintendo fan. I got a lot of enjoyment out of it, but by and large, my kind of like Nintendo fandom was definitely on the decline during that period. And then when the Switch came out, um, of course, I went ahead and got Breath of the Wild right off the bat because everyone was saying this is like the next best thing since sliced bread. And I remember getting it and just being like, I just am not connecting with this. I I am incredibly appreciative of the ways in which this game is sort of like really kind of reinventing the Zelda formula and the ways in which it's offering so much more of an open-ended experience, all of its like stasis and magnesis and time-stopping powers and whatnot are fantastic to behold. And I can truly really appreciate all the creative uses that people uh are using uh, these powers for online but i found myself upon playing that game actually really uh respecting and yearning for the kind of much more kind of structured game as all the games of yesteryear where there was like a very tight and concise plot the lead up to each dungeon was like this sort of long kind of complicated process in which you had to kind of like solve some sort of larger conflict before you even got into the dungeon itself. Uh, A lot of people kind of complained about the lack of uh, like proper traditional Zelda dungeons in Breath of the Wild. Personally, that wasn't even that much of a big uh, issue for me. I was just kind of disappointed overall by how kind of how open-ended to a bad degree 
at least for me, it felt at times. I kind of wanted an experience where there was just a little bit more of a kind of like structured macro narrative and a bunch of uh, structured kind of micro narratives uh, uh, for each kind of step of the adventure that you took. Uh, and I was kind of disappointed uh, to not kind of find that. And, you know, over the course of the past few weeks, I've been doing what I've been calling the Switch of Renaissance, where I've been coming back to games that I never previously played on the Switch over the past five years. And it's because after Breath of the Wild disappointed me at the Switch's launch, it was kind of like my Nintendo fandom was already kind of on the rocks. And then for me to play the one Nintendo game that everyone was saying, oh man, this will completely kind of change your outlook on the world. This is one of the best Nintendo games you'll ever play and for it to not connect with me it kind of sent my fandom of Nintendo into a spiral and it's a reason why I didn't play so much of the Switch over the course of the past five years and I'm only just now kind of getting back into it into it man you're in good company because yeah me and Chad again I can't speak specifically for Chad but everything you said about it feel the exact same way I don't I think it's fine I don't think it sucks but yeah you're in uh there's a lot of us actually a lot of people don't think that game is the greatest thing of all time but we'll we'll definitely get into it on a future episode because that was like I'll admit that was a little bit rambly on my part I have a more concise and well or thought out uh critique of my thoughts on this game that we'll eventually get to at some point i do want to give it another shot though i don't want my experience with the breath of the wild to begin and end with me not connecting with it at the switch's launch and never playing it again i do want to give it another shot my exquisite take is it's booty water but anyways the new one people will be excited (laughs) i'm just kidding people will be excited and have a good time uh may 12th good uh good date so we know it's a, a big game coming out next year uh we'll go on to the next one i love this one Pikmin 4 will arrive in 2023, which is also about as much as they showed us. It was like, hey, here's a backyard. Here's the Pikmin. Uh, But that's cool that it's finally coming out because he's been talking about that game forever. I'm happy that it's finally happening. Pikmin 3, uh, an example of a Nintendo Wii U game that I really enjoyed. Uh, Pikmin 1 and 2, examples of Nintendo Wii games uh, I also really enjoyed. I know they originally released on the GameCube, but they re-released on the Wii with like pointer motion controls and they worked really well there so hell yeah bring on pikmin 4 absolutely be a fun time uh fire emblem engage is the next main entry in the fire emblem series and will follow a story set a thousand years after four kingdoms sealed away the greatest evil known as the fell dragon and engage players will become a divine dragon called alir who must work to collect elben <laughs> elden rings emblem rings okay guys uh to bring back uh to bring peace back to the continent of ios Along your journey, you will uh, even be able to have other previous Fire Emblem characters join your party, like Marth and Silix. Good lord, there's so much writing here. Fire Emblem Engage will release on January 20th, 2023. I adored Three Houses. That was like the first one that I was really into. Um, So I liked the last one that they made. But every time I watch a trailer, I'm like, man, these games look bad. And then I'm like, no, but Three Houses was really good, and I also did not like that trailer. But it's very much like... It reminded me of the mobile game. Where it's like, hey, Martha's here. Hey, this yeah. other old character's here. You want to play with your old characters? Um, it, it reminds me a lot of like those uh, mobile gacha games where it's like, hey, you can pull like artwork of like past characters from this franchise or series, and then you can use those pieces of artwork in battle to do more damage. And you can get special holographic versions of the same artwork that do more damage. It kind of felt like that. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to give it too much guff because, again, I really like Three Houses. So I hope it ends up being good. 
because I really enjoyed that game, but it was like, this is a Fire Emblem trailer for sure. Uh, and I will say, like, shout out to Intelligent Systems and Monolith Software for having some of that good cocaine, because those guys have an insane output. Like, this is like, they're, <laughs> like... I, 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 like they intelligent systems has literally been putting out a quality Nintendo first party game every single year for like the past decade. Uh, or almost like actually they didn't put out anything in 2022, but 2021, uh, WarioWare, get it together. 2020 paper Mario, the origami King, 2019 fire emblem, three houses, 2018 WarioWare gold, 2017 fire emblem echoes, shallows of Valencia. Like, I don't know what, deal with the devil they managed to make to put out <laughs> games at such a clip, but they're doing it. And I have nothing but respect for that. Same deal Insomniac made with the devil to get all those games out. Uh, yeah, Kurt, they're like the, the holy triforce of developers that just won't stop. They won't quit. Yeah. Uh, Kirby's return to dreamland was first released on the Wii in 2011. And in 2023, we'll see it released on switch and a brand new, I'm just going to say package. I'm not saying that other part. Uh, this <laughs> updated title features up to four-player multiplayer and a collection of minigame. Uh, Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe were released on February 24th, 2023. So This is another it's a Wii one game. of those. So you've played it, right? Uh, I actually didn't play this one. I oh. played uh, Kirby's Epic Yarn on the Wii, but I didn't play mm -hmm. this one because I think it came just a little bit too late towards the end. This exactly. is one of those Kirby games, though, where everyone's like, yo, I know it looks real bright, and sunshiny and fluffy on the surface, but it has a dark uh, kind of shadow to it in the same way that people have been saying uh, very similar things about the Kirby game, Kirby in the Forgotten Land that just came mm. out. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know if this is something that I'm necessarily itching to get to, but I suppose it wouldn't be worth checking out at some point. Well, if you don't want to try that, try this other game that also comes out the same day. By the way, very early next year, Nintendo is wild. Uh, Octopath Traveler 2 will be released on the same day, February 24th, 2023. It will bring with it a whole new group of heroes and a brand new story to experience in the world of Celestia. All with the same wonderful 2D HD art style. Um, Octopath Traveler 2 will not be Switch exclusive and will also launch on PC, PS5, and PS4. Uh, again, great art style game is really really cool watching this trailer i was like okay a new one that would be cool and then i remembered why i stopped playing the first one because it's do a bunch of detached stories and that take 100 hours i'm like oh yeah that's right maybe not. yeah so, so there was that other game that came out recently live alive mm -hmm. uh that seemed like like now that that game is out it seems pretty apparent that like oh the octopath traveler games are clearly paying tribute to what live alive did back in the day of telling all these like disparate stories that are like secretly kind of interconnected it seems to me like if you're kind of after that experience on the switch live alive is actually the better game to go for because it seems like all of the individual micro stories in that game at the very least are a lot shorter like you're kind of in and out there I, I like am always extremely impressed whenever I see these Octopath Traveler triangle strategy games pop up at Nintendo Directs, but they always seem so incredibly massive and long and hulking, and that always yeah. kind of deters me from getting in on them. Yeah, like I said, love the art style. It was fun to play, but I got, you know, 10 hours in that first one. I'm like, oh, this is going to go on forever. No, thank you. Uh, yeah. But no, that'll be cool. I'm glad that they get to keep making those games because that art style is great. Uh, a new Bayonetta 3 trailer revealed a bit more of the game that sets re-released on October 28th. Uh, the new footage showed off combat, demon summoning, Bayonetta's transformation abilities, and more. Ooh. 
You're excited, right? You're getting through all of them? You're getting this one? I am. I most likely will get it. I love the part in the trailer where they were like, in the first game, she fought to recover her memories. In the second game, she fought to save her friends. And now she's fighting to save the world. I'm like, hell yeah. Very cool. Bayonetta 3, let's go. Ramping it up. Uh, Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm. Yeah, the theater game, 3DS, Final Fantasy. Good. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> I just don't care. Uh, Nintendo. I, I played, uh, did you... I just want to say, I did play the original game that came out on the 3DS. I'm pretty sure I bought it even. I might even have it somewhere over there. I thought it was fine. Okay. Yeah, I think it's just a collection. Uh, basically. Uh, Nintendo revealed some upcoming games that will soon be added to Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, perhaps the most exciting is GoldenEye 007. Um, it wasn't, uh, if that wasn't exciting enough, GoldenEye will also feature online play that's specifically for the Switch version. We'll talk about that in a second. In addition to, uh, GoldenEye, Pilot Wings, Mario Party 1, 2, 3, Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2, 1080 Snowboarding, and Excite Bike will also be joining the service, uh, this year and next. I have never played GoldenEye before or any of its incarnations. It'll be interesting to play this. Yeah, people said it. We said it. Those games were cool at the time. Those games do not hold up. They are... They control like a game. They control like the first first-person shooter game on an N64, is what is what I can tell you. Um, yeah. So that's... I mean, that's I, cool. They're coming back. Everyone's excited. Everyone yeah, for sure. who likes that, but they do not control well. I will say, I am really happy to see Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2 yeah, come to the about. virtual console as well. Ooh. That being said, uh, some of my favorite Pokemon YouTubers were saying, you know, it's a little unfortunate, however, that you won't be able to transfer your Pokemon into those games. Because if you try to play through some of the Pokemon-based challenges in those games where you take on gym leaders or the Elite Four or whatnot with the rental Pokemon available in those games, it's like really super duper hard because the yeah. rental Pokemon are not really built with like high level competitive strategy in mind um so that's unfortunate but i mean i I appreciate a challenge every now and then yeah Uh, and then also i know goldeneye 007 remaster is coming to xbox but i don't believe that one has online multiplayer the only reason this one has it is because nintendo switch online has multiplayer for their n64 games But the the kind of whole controversy there is that despite not having online multiplayer, everything else about that version of GoldenEye apparently sounded real clutch. So, yeah, you win some, you lose some, I guess. We'll see. Uh, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion will be released on December 13th on Switch and other platforms. It is the uh, story of Zack in the remaster of the PSP Classic. I know Chad's excited. Um, Now we have a release date. I think that was the new information here was the actual release date. Uh, let's see. Wave 3 of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe uh, Booster Course Pack will launch the holiday. Nintendo Switch Sports will also get golf. Mario Strikers also gets uh, its second free update and adds Pauline and Diddy Kong to the roster. Uh, cool. A lot of DLC stuff here. I don't know if any... I just assumed you didn't care about these sports games. <laughs> I don't know. No, not particularly. There was a period of time where I was really into Wii Sports. I really kind of climbed up the ranks in those games. I had a lot of tough... Uh, a real tough time with the boxing one, though, because the, the motion controls were not particularly precise in that one. But yeah, nowadays, none of them really care for me. Yeah, the, I've noticed the Nintendo... Those are always like the lowest rated ones, and people play them for a weekend and never talk about them again. Like, I remember it was like, oh, Strikers is going to be cool, and then no one talked about it after the Sunday of the day it came out. So, uh, but hey, new... new content uh dlc for xenoblade chronicles 3 will add a new mechanical hero named eno 
Also, I add challenge battles and new outfits. Uh, DLC arrives October 13th. Here we go. First Splatfest for Splatoon 3 will arrive soon. Ask players to decide if they'd rather bring gear, grub, or fun with them to a deserted island. I went ahead and chose gear when I loaded into Splatoon 3 because I, I, I approached it from a very logical Spock-like perspective. I mm -hmm. figured that if we're going to be living long-term on this island, you better bring gear so you can make your own food and we'll figure out the fun along the way. Yeah, fun is literally the least important thing if I'm trying to survive. <laughs> Let me be honest with you. Uh, yeah, yeah, gear, grab you, you can just do a podcast, except you won't record it. That's, just, that'll be your fun when you're on the island. Yeah, I've seen Castaway. Tom Hanks did just fine uh, entertaining himself. Uh, while it's just a cloud version, Resident Evil Village uh, will let... Uh, Resident Evil Cloud... Excuse me. Resident Evil Village Cloud will let Switch owners meet Lady Demetrask and experience the latest Resident Evil story. This cloud version will release October 28th. Um, let's see. And this is where... Oh God, this part of the uh, the direct was great. When it's like, hey, you want to talk about seven farming games in a row? Uh, GameCube's Harvest Moon and Wonderful Life is getting remade. A Story of Seasons and Wonderful Life be released on Switch in summer 2023. Fae Farm is a farm sim RPG for up to four players. Uh, Har Harvest... God. Harvestella gets a demo today ahead of its November 4th release date, which is the Square Enix JRPG farm game. What are you smiling for? I mean, how can you not smile at all these farming games? So many of them. Um, no, no disrespect to anybody that enjoys them. No disrespect at all. But like, come on. I like a good farming game. I don't like seven farming games. <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, but I'm trying to remember, like, what was like the last farming game I really got into? Like, so like typically in the past when I played any of the Pokemon games that involve you like growing berries for example like mm -hmm. i tend to mess around with that stuff a lot i've definitely grown a few berries in my time back in the day playing pokemon emerald pokemon sapphire i also i mean it's not really a farming game but i did have a lot of fun in plants vs zombies is uh there's like a zen garden mode in that mm -hmm. game where you can like grow a bunch of plants while you play other modes pretty cool i had fun there but yeah stardew's very good i think stardew is the one that everyone would probably point to uh, this one was actually really cool. Uh, Fatal Frame, Mask of the Lunar Eclipse, which was first released in Japan on the Wii in 20, uh, 2008 and never made it to the West, or live on Nintendo Switch in early 2023. Fatal Frame are cool games, good horror games that we don't get very many of. Uh, I think this series is, has releases are few and far between, so that's cool. They're yeah, bringing one over. That series, like, in the same league as Bayonetta, where it used to be, like, a multi-platform release, a little bit more associated with, like, PlayStation than Nintendo, and then for whatever reason, the studio behind it decided, you know what? We're gonna get in bed with Nintendo and almost exclusively release our series on Nintendo consoles for the foreseeable future, despite our video game series not being at all what you think about when you think about sort of Nintendo's ecosystem of franchises. Yeah, I love when Nintendo gets weird. Also, shout out to Llama, because Llama is absolutely the number one person who brought up Fatal Frame being a thing, and I was like, oh yeah, you're right, Fatal Frame is fucking cool. Uh, Llama's in the chat. Uh, Tunic, that game that's basically Legend of Zelda 2, uh, but made in modern times, arrives on Nintendo Switch on September 27th. Everyone play Tunic if you haven't, because Tunic is awesome. Hell yeah, I'm looking forward to when it arrives on PlayStation because I'll be able to get myself a new platinum trophy. Probably the same day if I had to if I had to guess. Yep, I just it, confirmed September 27th, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Nintendo Switch. Very cool. Uh, it takes two. Uh, last year just destroyed Jeff Keighley's show getting all the awards. Uh, the Charming Co-op Adventure released on Nintendo Switch on November 4th of 2022. 
So you got to highlight it. Oh, I, uh, as uh, you were going through the, this one, do you remember how Take Two Interactive sued uh, <laughs> What's His Face for this game? And it was like literally like days before the game awards. And like you can tell that like he was trying so hard to bite his tongue to not talk about it because like mm. you're not you don't want to bring up something like that in the middle of a big award ceremony like that. Yeah, that was wild. What, what like, if the, what if the guy works. responsible for the Grand Theft Auto Six leak is Yosef Faris? Oh, it's Yosef. It was him all along. He's getting his revenge. <laughs> that would be great. Fuck, uh, fuck Tate too, as he would say. This one, this actually surprised the shit out of me. Sifu, the Kung Fu action brawler, will be released on Switch on November 8th, 2022. Sifu, which we were told was a PlayStation exclusive that came out earlier this year, uh, is now coming to Switch. So I'm assuming we'll hear about it coming to Xbox, and it's already on PC. So that one is uh, wasn't very long as an exclusive, but here it is, coming to other places. I've been meaning to play this, because I want to play it for Game of the Year. I was very excited, and then when it came out, the reviews were in such a way, I was like... There's kind of there's so much of a mixed bag here. And then also I bought it and I wouldn't let me download it. So I said, you know what? Return mm. it. Reviews are mixed match. So I do want to come back to that. I won't get it on Switch, it, of course, but it's cool that it's coming there. If I do play this game, I'll do it. Like I'll sneak in this game at like the very end of the year before we do our game of the year stuff on this podcast. That's a December like, 3rd game if I ever heard it. <laughs> it. It's like the perfect example of a game where it's like, I'm not like itching to play it. I'm not like, oh man, I better get around to Sifu sometime soon. But because it seems like it's relatively short, it's like, well, if I need to squeeze it in at the end, I can do that. Yeah. Um, and again, there was more stuff here, but the last one that I put on here, because I know people care about this one, Tales of Symphonia Remaster will release on Switch in early 2023. Uh, this game, I actually remember uh, going to a friend's house and he had a GameCube. I believe that's what Symphonia, there's multiple Tales games, but I remember him going on and on and on about Tales of Symphonia. So we're finally getting a remaster. I know, I think it's a GameCube game that was like kind of rare to get or like really popular yeah. among collectors. So uh, again, a remaster. I was reading that there's a little bit of controversy online surrounding this title about how apparently when the game originally relaunched on the GameCube back in the day, it ran at 60 FPS and then subsequent re-releases of this game only ran at 30 and this version of the game will only run at 30 and people are kind of like, you couldn't have bumped it up to 60 all this year, all these years later, once again, um, you know, ultimately, it will remain to be seen if that will be like a deciding factor in whether or not this is a good remaster or not. But it is a little bit weird. It is weird. Um, I guess maybe they just did a lot of work that were like, hey, we're going to make it look good, but it won't be at 60 frames because we have more than three polygons on the screen. I don't know. I don't make video games. But that's it for Nintendo Direct that we're talking about. Again, there was more stuff. There's probably more farming games, but it was getting a little long. Uh, overall, how was the show for you? I mean, I enjoyed it. It's not my favorite Nintendo Direct at all time. We really, just really at some point, need to ask Retro Studios ever so nicely to... I was about to say get off their ass, but that sounds really mean-spirited. I'm sure those guys are, like, working their asses off every day. We just need them to be merciful on us and release something, something that shows that they are working on Metroid Prime 1 Remastered and Metroid Prime 4. Because, yeah, this was a direct where it seemed more likely than not where we would finally get to see one of those two projects for the first time, and it didn't happen. Yeah, also uh, multiple reports like, hey, these uh, Zelda remasters absolutely coming out at this direct. 
did not happen. So yeah, wait for Twilight Princess and uh, Wind Waker. Was it Twilight Princess? What was it? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Twilight Princess That's and Wind Waker. Okay. Uh, next up, this one's a little bit shorter, but TGS had some stuff. It was pretty interesting. Number eight will surprise you. Uh, Street Fighter VI launch day roster will feature 18 characters. The game is also set to get a closed beta in October with details on how to sign up still to come. So we got uh, more words. There's a lot of Street Fighter stuff, actually, at TGS that I saw. Uh, Ethan Winners. By the way, this is stuff from uh, Logan Plane at IGN. I don't remember if I said his mm. name or not, but... TGF yeah. breakdown. Uh, Ethan Winters has been the main character of the Resident Evil series for the last two entries, but next month's Shadow of Rose story DLC will mark the final chapter of the Winters' time in the franchise. Uh, and I don't play these games; they're spooky. Interesting that, yeah, it was a big deal about they brought. Why bring him back for a sequel, and then have his daughter be a character, and then they're just like we're done with them. Well, I mean, done with them, and they'll probably come back in the next three games as a fucking surprise character or something. I don't know. It's just weird to have a main character only be in two games. That's I'm just pointing that out. But uh, there you go. Ethan Winter's hands will no longer be chopped in half constantly. Um, RG- <laughs> RGG Studios Yakuza series has always been called Like a Dragon in Japan. And again, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Now the localized version of future games in the series will follow suit. So, like I said before, it doesn't matter how I pronounce Yakuza or Yakuza because they're not calling it that anymore. They're done. They're gone to like a dragon, and we're not going back. Uh, beyond the name change, we learned of three new titles in the Like a Dragon series. Ishin, Ishin, which was talked about earlier. The long-awaited localization of uh, the Samurai spinoff, Like a Dragon 8. And a spinoff starring, was it Kazuma Kiro? How do I spell that? Uh, Kazuma Kiryu. Kiryu. There we go. So... Three new games in Like a Dragon. It is no longer that old word that starts with a Y. That's weird that they... So I was reading a little bit about this where they're like, hey, we they named it that because they brought those games over to the West. And they're like, well, we have to... Grand Theft Auto is a big deal. So let's right. localize it as like an open world crime like GTA. You know, let's give it a crime name. And they were like, even if it didn't necessarily fit with the stories they were telling, they're like, that's what the series is called because we need the dumb Americans to understand. And now they're like, you guys get it? We're switching it back. I think that's pretty funny. Um, all right. So, beloved Konami RPGs, Suikin? Suikoden. Is it Suikoden? Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Suikoden. Suikoden. Beloved Konami RPG Suikoden, Suikoden 2 are getting HD remasters for PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC next year. I know that's a big deal because people swear and die by those uh, by those games yeah uh, Team Ninja's new soul like uh, by the way Team Ninja making a lot of stuff uh, Wo Long the Fallen Dynasty has a new demo out on PS5 and Xbox series uh, the game is also coming to last gen consoles but the demo is only available to current gen console owners um, it's going to be just like Neo so more Neo like games from Team Ninja and lastly I know you were excited about this one because you were curious yes uh, Xbox announced the Deathloop is coming to Game Pass on September 20th, so that'll be probably the day you're listening to the podcast, uh, and it will come with a newly extended ending. In addition, Game Pass subscribers can look forward to new Horizon 5 updates, Blaz Blue Cross Tag Battle, Guilty Gear Strive, and Nino Kuni Wrath of the White Witch Remastered. Nino Kuni, I know, is on there right now. Uh, these are Guilty Gear and uh, Blaze Blue, very popular. But yeah, Deathloop, they're like, hey. That year exclusivity is up, and we're coming, and there's new content, which is also on PlayStation. 
Yes, which I was initially very concerned that wasn't going to happen. I literally, like, the moment that this news broke, started to draft up a tweet that was like, oh man, too bad, like, pour one out for Deathloop getting exclusive new content on PlayStation. Uh, but thankfully, that's not the case. It's coming to all platforms that it's currently on. So I'm very happy about that. I have not really actually looked into a whole lot of what I can expect out of the new update just yet, but you know I am definitely going to play it. I don't think that there are any new trophies attached to it, though, but that's okay. Yeah, I think there's like a new gun and then like a new power as well as extended inning. So I will probably check it out again. Um, again, I already own it on a PlayStation, so maybe I'll, maybe I'll polish it off. But that's cool. I like that. Getting on Game Pass, so yeah, you know, that Bethesda purchase, you're getting a game, an awesome game on Game Pass. And then also, PlayStation people, you still get content. I believe they added it to the the extra and the premium tier PS Plus. So everyone, check out Deathloop if you haven't. I think it's basically with every subscription on the planet. Uh, and that's it for DGS. There were just a couple things in there that I thought were interesting to us and our audience. The last story, last story of the day, PlayStation VR is getting left behind from Jenny Zhang at GameSpot. And in a, see, I love that you're here because it's not a joke. I am very bad at Japanese pronunciations. I'm very bad at French and Japanese. I can do Spanish all day. I can do English okay. Can't do Spanish, can't do French. I'm very bad at it. Which actually, you can probably speak both, right? Indeed, I can. Oh, I love that. That's perfect. Uh, in an episode of the official PlayStation podcast, first spotted by Nibel, SVP of Platinum Experiences... Uh, this Hide is Hideaki Nishino. Nishino. All right. Said explicitly, there will be no, word, no backwards compatibility for PSVR games on the PSVR 2. A uh, quote from uh, Nishino. Uh, PSVR games are not compatible with PSVR 2 because PSVR 2 is designed to truly deliver a next-gen VR experience. Uh, PSVR 2 has much more advanced features like a new, like all new controller haptic feedback, adaptive triggers, inside-out tracking, eye tracking, and 3D audio. This means that, that, that developing games for PSVR 2 requires a whole different approach than the original PSVR. I will ask you, where do you fall on this? Because I fell on it a certain way. And then I got the dock ready, and I completely flipped and went the other way with it. So how do you feel? I mean, his reasoning of why PSVR 2 wouldn't be able to handle PSVR 1 games makes sense. This is one of those moments where it's kind of like, you you guys can figure it out. You have a lot of money. You have a lot of R&D. You could have figured this out if you wanted to. Yeah. When I first heard it, I was like, yeah, of course. It's new tech. New tech, you don't have to worry about the old stuff. But then I got to thinking about it. He's like, oh, well, we have a new controller um, and inside out and started naming off all the features. I'm like, why would the features mean that Beat Saber wouldn't work anymore? You would think that that wouldn't affect the game because as long as you move the controllers and the game can track where you are, it shouldn't matter. 3D audio does not mean that, oh, well, now we can't track where you are anymore. That seems kind of like a weird. I don't know. I was at first I was like, it's not a video. Of course, it's new. But I was like, are you, is that a real reason? Is that really what's up? I feel and I hope that they do this, that the most popular titles, again, not all of them, but of course, like your Beat Sabers and your, your PSVR exclusives. I hope they get some kind of patch or some kind of update. Like, let's say you already owned it, you get the new version um, or something like that. I understand that, yeah, you don't want to port everything over and it's just not backwards compatible, but I feel like you should make exceptions for the games that are very popular. Or, because here's the thing, if you're going to say Beat Saber's not backwards compatible, but we're going to resell you Beat Saber, mm, I don't know about that. 
but I guess we'll see when we get there. So it kind of makes sense. But then at the other hand, it's like, wait, all it is is a better controller. Like that shouldn't mean I can't play. Like if, if I tried to play, um, you know, an Xbox one game on my, on my Xbox series and they're like, You're, you got a new controller, you can't play it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I should be able to play it. Cause like my technology yeah. is just better. And the controller is basically the same. Yeah, I. This might be kind of controversial to say, but like, even if they were like, "Hey, you can play your old PSVR one games on PSVR two with the new controllers, but nothing else about the experience is improved. The That'd games still look as worse as they looked on PSVR one with their jaggy graphics." Even then, I'd be like, "It's a little unfortunate, but you know what? I'll take it because it just makes things more convenient." Yeah, you know. Because, yeah, those games weren't designed with 3D audio in mind, so it doesn't have 3D audio. That's fine. Makes sense. Yeah, that sure. That makes sense. Saying that we've got a new controller so your old game doesn't work, does it? Because I'm pretty sure Beat Saber works on literally every VR headset in existence. Uh, again, not a huge deal. But the word and the, the reasoning, I was like, hmm, I don't know about that, guys. It seems just like you don't want to do the slightest amount of work to make backwards compatibility work on the headset. But, again, it's a niche product. Whatever. Do your thing. Uh, and that's it for the stories. We don't have a game on game show or a segment from Adam because I assumed that the show would take enough time and it did look at that over an hour. So I was right on the money, everybody. Uh, so do you have any final words, Alex, before we get out of here? I mean, <laughs> you know, what's <laughs> funny about the Grand Theft Auto story that we covered at the beginning of the podcast is that, you know, this is an ongoing situation right now. I'm hoping that, like, literally as we're closing out this podcast right now, the hacker dude that hacked them via Slack isn't in the middle of literally, like, selling off the source code to Joseph some Ferris. Bitcoin We've, we've established it's Joseph Ferris. Joseph Ferris, of course. Don't sue us, Joseph Ferris. Um, I hope that, you know, things, you know, <laughs> resolve themselves as well as they possibly can be resolved. Um, you know, prior to this hack occurring, uh, the last big hack that we saw on this scale was the hack of the last of us part two that happened a mm -hmm. few months before the game came out in 2020 uh and i just pulled up this um tweet that neil Druckmann put out uh, a few hours ago that I, I thought was very kind of relevant to the situation if you listen to my if you listen to the um spoiler cast that respawning fire did of the last of us part two uh did for the last of us part two when it came out back in the day you'll know that i didn't absolutely love the game but i think that what neil Druckmann had to say here was very lovely and relevant uh he says to my fellow devs out there affected by the latest leak know that while it feels overwhelming right now it'll pass one day we'll be playing your game appreciating your craft and the leaks will be relegated to a footnote on a wikipedia page keep pushing keep making art and then a heart emoji. And with that, yeah, go find me on Twitter at Alex Kazina. Uh, go find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash live. Very cool. Thank you very much. And then I believe you'll be with us next week for a Monday night recording. Indeed, I will. Very cool. So all the boys will be here. Uh, so quickly, you can find us at patreon.com slash fire. Vote on Barf Game for the month. Get dope wallpapers like Dale Earnhardt. Junior and senior wallpapers because Chad is a crazy man and loves to do it. Uh, this month's barf, which is backlog, backlog accomplishments with Respawn and friends, is going to be Zelda 2 Link's Adventure, right? Or Adventures of Link? One of the two. Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link. Adventure which of I Link. have not actually 
really started in proper. I put out that tweet showing me on the title screen, but then I immediately got distracted. I will get around to it, though. I will. Yes, I need to find how to emulate that. If anyone knows how to emulate NES games on PC, please hit me up uh, so I can play that so I don't have to go buy the whatever, the mini. But anyways, yes. We're Sorry, doing... I, know we're, I know we're trying to oh, end no, this podcast. I'm scrolling through Twitter at the moment. At uh, Okami13 underscore on Twitter said, the wanted level of the guy who leaked GTA 6. And it's just an image of like 100 stars. <laughs> <laughs> just so many stars. They're going to get them. They're going to get them. That's great. Uh, but yeah, so we're playing Zelda 2. I'll figure out a way to play it. Uh, and everyone, have a good night. As the sign-off says, Chad's not here. So you have a good evening and it's not anything snarky. Goodbye.